0: Good morning, church family. Take your Bibles. Go to 2 Timothy chapter number 2. Our ushers are making their way through the auditorium. If you did not receive a copy of the notes, uh, just raise your hand, and that way you'll be able to follow along this morning. And what a great crowd we have for a holiday weekend. We know that a lot of people uh, were going to take advantage of this three-day weekend, so I'm delighted to see you're here. Uh, Several folks who are visiting, thank you so much for being here, and I trust you've already received a a welcome from our church family. In researching and preparing for Memorial Day, there's a couple things that I have discovered about um, the imagery that's in the Word of God. Uh, throughout the Bible, uh, Jesus, uh, when in the New Testament, he told a story. He used a lot of animals or he used things that were right there uh, before the people. And as he talked with them, he used uh, word pictures. Then I got to studying about soldiers and battle and wars. And I found that throughout the word of God, there is a lot of information about being a soldier. So this morning, I would like on this Memorial Day weekend to preach a message entitled, A Soldier's Marching Orders. And as we celebrate Memorial Day, a day that first was observed on May the 30th, 1868, to honor those who died in the Civil War. Now on Memorial Day, we honor the memories of all those who have died in the military in the service of the United States of America. Folks, don't we live in the greatest country of the world? Oh, we can look around and we can be frustrated with things that are going on right now. Uh, But for the moment, I think we should thank the Lord that we live in this great country. People are dying to come to this country. People people are, are doing whatever it takes to come to this country. We are a people that's most blessed. But in order to have the freedom that we have at this very moment... There's been many men and women who have given their lives so that we can have this freedom. And I'm thankful for that sacrifice that's been made. And there are families who have had a loved one lose their life in battle. Uh, We would do well to remember those who have given the ultimate sacrifice to ensure that we have this freedom this morning. Do you realize that there are countries like the country of Morocco? As I read a Missionary letter just this week. A missionary was um, expelled from the country of Morocco, leaving a tremendous void because the Bible and church is not welcome in the country of Morocco. Today, if you are a Moroccan and you were found to have a Bible and go to a church, you would be arrested. Folks, I'm thankful we live in the United States of America. Where we can freely worship and we can hear the music that we've heard this morning. We can sing back to the Lord. Sometimes we take it for granted. But if we were in another country. Or should we live to be much older. Our very freedoms could be threatened. I'm thankful today that we have this. So throughout the scripture, we're given images uh, of what it's like to be a Christian. Oh, the word saints is used, follower of Christ. Uh, There's even children of God, brothers and sisters. Um, But one image we probably seldom think of is that today, I'm a soldier. I'm a soldier in the Lord's army. That's probably not what we got up and thought of this morning. But can you see, or could you use your imagination this morning, And imagine that you're a soldier in the Lord's army. Let's stand together as we read our text in 2 Timothy chapter number 2. 2 Timothy chapter number 2. And let's see what the Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy about being a soldier. Drop down to verse 3. The Bible says, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good, what's that next word, as a good Soldier. soldier? Of Jesus Christ. No man that warth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life. That he may please him who hath given him to be a soldier. Now let me read another uh, a passage uh, in chapter 4. There, uh, either turn over a page. Verse 7 and 8. Paul goes on to say to Timothy, he says this. He said, I fought a good, what? Fight. Fight. And I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, not to me only, but unto all them also that love is appearing. Father, would you help us today as, yes, we, we remember what's happened in the United States, but Father, as we just take this theme and, and recognize that you've called us also to be a soldier, that if we could be reminded of those requirements, that we might have a renewed passion for Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, if there be someone here that's not a soldier in the Lord's army and they do not know you in a personal way, may their heart be drawn. May thy Holy Spirit just draw that person, whether it's a man, a woman, a young boy, or a young child as they hear this message. May there be someone who trusts you today. Father, thank you for this opportunity to preach your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. As soldiers in the Lord's army and on this Memorial Day weekend, it's certainly appropriate that we remember several things about being a soldier. Ultimately, the spiritual war will be won as each one of us, we face our many battles along the way. Please allow me to share four marching orders that I find in this passage of scripture this morning. And if you're in uh, the Lord's army, that, what, what do I mean by being in the Lord's army? That means that you have a personal relationship with Christ. You've seen yourself as a sinner. You've confessed that sin to the Lord. You've asked Jesus to become your Lord and Savior. Then you are in the Lord's army. Now that doesn't mean all of us are good soldiers. And some of us, we may be AWOL right now. And I want to challenge you who may not be following the commander-in-chief, and you're, you're beating to the, the, the drumbeat of a different drum. I want to challenge you today to listen to these four marching orders, and let's all get back in line and follow our commander-in-chief. Marching order number one from this passage of scripture is that our responsibility as a soldier is to follow. Our responsibility as a soldier is to follow. In 2 Timothy 2 and verse number three, thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. When I say follow, what does that mean? To follow speaks of relationship we must have relationship who do you belong to this morning do you belong to yourself are you living for you or are you following the commander-in-chief jesus christ understanding that he was the savior of your soul in first corinthians 6 and verse 19 the bible says what know ye not that your body is the temple of the holy ghost which is in you which ye have of god and you're not your own For you are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Now, you may be visiting with us this morning. You may be a regular attender. If you've never followed Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you are living a sad life. You're living a misguided life. You're living a life to please yourself. And the end of that is a life of destruction and ruin. But I want you to know this morning, if you know Jesus Christ, you're a soldier in his army, and you're to follow the Commander-in-Chief, Jesus Christ. So to follow speaks of relationship. But also to follow speaks of rank. To follow speaks of rank. We must understand that we have a direct responsibility to follow the commander in chief. In other words, that we're to fall in line. We are to follow him. And when I do that, then I can't live my life any way I want to. And if I'm say, saying I'm a Christian, if I say I'm a soldier if I say I know Jesus Christ but here's the problem if I live my life my way I'm living a life that using the military terminology would be I'm living a life that's a wall. I'm not I may be here physically but I'm not here spiritually Colossians 1 verse 18 says and he is the head of the body the church that's Jesus Christ who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Christ is to be first, and you and I are to be behind him. We must understand our rank. It is not about us. It is about what they sang about this morning. It's about Jesus Christ. Marching order number one is that I have a responsibility and that is to follow marching order number two this morning I I have a responsibility as a soldier and that is to be faithful I am to be faithful in the Lord's army what is faithfulness faithfulness is that uh, that I'm going to obey the Word of God I'm going to be faithful to my Lord and Savior in 2 Timothy 2 verse 3 and 4 thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ why that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier I want to be faithful to my Lord and Savior. Paul said, I fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I've kept the faith. So what does he mean to be faithful? To be faithful speaks of patience. Patience. Do you know we're going to endure some hardships along the way? Stephen Chancellor is going to have cancer surgery on Tuesday. That's a trial that he's going to have to go through. We have a, a, a couple of other people that are going through some physical hardships right now in our in our church with cancer. And with heart issues. Sometimes we go through hard times. Sometimes there is a breakup of a family. Sometimes there's a breakup of a relationship. There are some tough times, but being faithful in the midst of hardship ought to strengthen us as a soldier in the Lord's army. Trials and tribulations are our forecast. I'm telling you, you will have trials. You will have tribulations. You will have battles. There's going to be some discouraging times, but all all of those times or to strengthen us Jesus said so listen to what he said in John 16 in verse 33 these things I have spoken unto you that in me ye might have peace in the world ye shall have tribulation but be of good cheer I have overcome the world isn't that a great promise all contained in one verse Jesus said you're gonna have some hard times but don't be discouraged. I am ultimately have overcome this world. In James chapter 1, my brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into divers temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect worth, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. The testing of faith helps us as Christian soldiers to be all that we can be in Christ. Now, some of you, you're taking notes, and some of you may be distracted. Some of you may be tired this morning. Some of you, your mind's wandering to the big picnic you're going to have tomorrow. Wherever you are, come back here for just a moment. Listen. The testing of your faith as a Christian soldier says this. Jesus wants you to be all you can be for him, for Christ are you doing everything you can this morning for Christ? The testimony of a true soldier in the Lord's army is this. That at the end of your life you can say, I have kept the faith. I finished my course. Second Timothy 2 and verse 4 says, No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life. And so to be faithful speaks of this. Priorities. To be faithful speaks of priorities. Um, yes, I, I understand that, that, that I have to have patience. There's going to be some trials. I've got to work through those trials. But to be faithful speaks that I have a priority. Do you know what? Every one of you this morning, you made a statement about your priorities. What is that statement? You came to church. It's important to you. Thank you. Thank you for making that, that public statement that I want to be faithful and you came to church. It's a priority in your life. But as Christian soldiers, we have two options either we're engaged, like you are this morning, or as the Bible says, you're entangled. Either you're engaged. Or you are entangled. We're engaged in battling the enemy. Or we're entangled in the affairs of this life. What does the affairs of this life mean? It's speaking about the affairs of this world. I love this world. I love all the things this world has. And I'm easily distracted by all the trappings, affairs of this world. All of those things that I can get involved in that take me away from being faithful to the Lord. Are you engaged in the battle? Or are you entangled, ensnared with the things of this world? If you're engaged in warfare, your your weapons are spiritual and they're to be used faithfully. Listen to this fascinating. When I said I found so many verses that talk about warfare and battle, listen to this passage in Ephesians chapter 6. It's a lengthy passage, verses 10 through 18, but it's appropriate. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. And watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. My friend, there is the prescription of how a soldier gets ready for battle. Are you a soldier? Are you ready for battle? Are you faithful this morning? What is the top priority in your life? To please him or please yourself? Hebrews 11 and verse 6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he, that cometh, uh, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So as the enlisted, I want you to understand that every one of us were enlisted in the Lord's army. So as an enlisted personnel in the Lord's army, let us seek to please our commander. Jesus is our commander-in-chief, and we should follow him and be faithful we should follow. We should be faithful. Marching order number three is this our responsibility as a soldier is to do something that we often do within the church, but we shouldn't. Anyone want to guess what that word is? Fight. Fight. As a soldier, I have a responsibility to fight for my commander in chief. I have fought a good fight. I finished my course I've kept the faith fight 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 speaks of determination fight speaks of determination Paul says I have fought this phrase means to strive endlessly or to contend with the adversary determination comes out of this mindset I will regardless how determined are we to fight on regardless Proverbs 24 and verse 10 says this, if thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. Our strength to fight is not of ourselves, for when we are weak, it is God who makes us strong. Paul was determined to live for the Lord in any situation. We must then be aware. The enemy is determined also. I must be determined to live for my commander-in-chief. But just as I'm determined, I want you to understand, there's someone who has a greater determination. His name is Lucifer, Satan, the devil, the evil one. And he has a greater determination to destroy you. He wants to destroy you. And if he can't destroy you, he's going to destroy your family. If he can't destroy uh, your marriage relationship, he's going to take one of your children away. I I want you to understand that we are in a battle and the devil is determined to destroy you. And sometime along the way, we we go a wall. We go missing. And guess what? The devil, he's waving his flag. Uh, He is so happy because he destroyed you. He destroyed your family. He destroyed your relationship at work. He destroyed your testimony. And the devil has a greater determination for you than you have oftentimes. I'm here to say that we've got to be determined to serve our commander-in-chief. during the days of the conquering and occupying the promised land, God had given all the land and the enemy into their hands. However, there were those who were determined, more determined than Israel. And even the scriptures gives us a story how the the enemies of Israel were determined to stay in the land. And and that many of the Israelites, they weren't willing to fight. How easy it is to give in to the whims of the world. We need a strong determination, greater than that of the enemy to possess and to occupy. Occupy the lands of our life. Oh, the Israelites are trying to get a a physical land. But may I just tell you that we have a spiritual land. And that is uh, uh, the, the land of our church. Of our home. Of our personal life. And Sometimes we throw in the towel and we quit fighting. To fight speaks of determination. But to fight also speaks of dedication. Dedication. The Bible says the good fight of faith is in and for God. Paul wrote to young Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 6. Again, another passage of scripture about being a soldier. He said this, fight the good fight of faith lay hold on eternal life whereinto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses Paul he experienced victories and defeats and yet through all of it he remained dedicated to the Lord Paul was sold out he was sold on Jesus Christ was there is there any example in scripture of of a man who had a greater love and affection for Jesus Christ than the Apostle Paul if we could just be part of what the Apostle Paul was Here's what he taught us. The greatest cause in all of this world is serving Jesus Christ. The greatest cause in all of this world is serving Jesus Christ. You can't tell me how much you love Jesus Christ and then make church optional. You can't tell me oh, how much I love Jesus Christ and then you don't sing when you have opportunity to sing you can't tell me oh how much I love Jesus Christ I'm determined I'm sold out and you never talk to him Paul taught us that the greatest cause in all this world is to serve Jesus Christ and as Christian soldiers we must go onward and we must dedicate ourselves to the cause of Christ and that brings me to our fourth. Oh, I must follow and I, and I must understand that I have to be faithful. And, and yes, there's going to be a fight along the way, but our responsibility as a, as a soldier, no matter what your age is, and here's the responsibility I must finish. I must finish. Don't limp to the line and, and dabble in the world. Don't go AWOL on the Lord at the end of your life. May I just say, I've got to finish strong. And there's some of you that are approaching that finish line. And I want you to finish strong. In 2 Timothy 4 verse 7, I fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I've kept the faith. And then he says this, there is a crown of righteousness that's going to be reserved for me. Amen. To finish speaks of Readiness to finish speaks of readiness what is the readiness principle I'm prepared for service and action I'm prepared in word and prayer in the book of Peter Peter said this in chapter 1, verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again into a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Paul can say, I fought a good fight. I finished. I kept in the past tense because he lived it in the present tense. Are you living right now for the Lord? Do you have that determination? Do you have that readiness? Is it present in your life at this very moment? Oh, to to finish speaks of readiness, but may I just encourage you this morning, to finish speaks of reward. How many of us like to get rewards? It's great to get that pat on the back. It's great for someone to appreciate. But may may I just encourage you, there's only one who matters. And that's when Jesus Christ gives us our reward. We're talking about reward. Battling is but for a day. But the rewards that we will receive are for all of eternity. There can be no crown without a cross. And with the cross of Jesus going on before, may you say, I'm looking forward to those words of commendation. Where Jesus said twice, his Lord said unto him, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou. Into the joy of the Lord. Amen. May I ask you a direct question this morning? Will the God of heaven, will the commander in chief Jesus Christ be able to look down on you at this very moment at 10 minutes to 11 and say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant? If he cannot say that about you at this very moment, I urge you, I beg you, everyone listening, I urge you, I beg you to get off from being AWOL from the Lord and get back in line serving your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We need to long for that finish line. We need to live for the one who awaits us there. We need to get our eyes off of this old, sully, dirty, ugly, stinking, filthy world and get our eyes back on Jesus her hair was up in a ponytail her favorite dress tied with a bow today was daddy's day at school and she couldn't wait to go her mommy tried to tell her that she probably should stay home why the kids might not understand if she went to school alone But she was not afraid, she knew just what to say, what to tell her classmates of why he wasn't there today. But still her mother worried for her face this day alone, and that was why once again she tried to keep her daughter home. But the little girl went to school, eager to tell them all about a dad she never sees, a dad who never calls. There were daddies all along the back wall for everyone to meet, children squirming impatiently, anxious in their seats. One by one, the teacher called a student from the class to introduce their daddy as seconds slowly passed. At last, the teacher called her name. Every child turned to stare. Uh, Each of them was searching a man who wasn't there. Where's her daddy at? One boy called out. She probably doesn't have one, another student dared to shout. And from somewhere near the back, she heard another daddy say, "It looks like another deadbeat dad too, too busy to waste his day. The words did not offend her as she smiled up at her mom. She looked at her teacher who told her to go on. And with hands behind her back, slowly she began to speak. And out from the mouth of a child came words incredibly unique. My daddy couldn't be here because he lives far away. I know he wishes he could be since this is such a special day. And though you cannot meet him, I wanted you to know all about my daddy. How much he loves me so. He loved to tell me stories. He taught me how to ride my bike. He surprised me with pink roses, and he taught me how to fly a kite. He used to share fudge sundays and ice cream in a cone. And though you cannot see him, I'm not standing here alone, because my daddy's always with me, even though we're apart. I know because he told me he'll forever be in my heart. With that, her little hand reached up and lay across her chest feeling her own heartbeat beneath her favorite dress. And from somewhere here in the crowd of dads, her mother stood in tears, proudly watching her daughter, who was wise beyond her years. For she stood up for the love of a man, a man not in her life, doing what was best for her, doing what was right. When she dropped her hand slowly back down, staring straight into the crowd, she finished with a voice so soft But its message clear and loud, I love my daddy very much. He's a shining star. And if he could, he'd be here. But heaven's just too far. You see, he's a marine. And he died this past year when a roadside bomb hit his convoy that taught Americans to fear. But sometimes when I close my eyes, it's like he's never went away. And then she closed her eyes. Saw him there that day. And to her mother's amazement, she witnessed with surprise a room full of daddies and children all starting to close their eyes. Who knows what they saw before them? Who knows what they felt inside? Perhaps for merely a second, they saw him at her side. I know you're with me, daddy. To the silence, she called out. And what happened next made believers of those who once filled with doubt. Not one in that room could explain it, for each of their eyes had been closed, but there on the desk beside her was a fragrant, long-stemmed pink rose. And a child was blessed, if only for a moment, by the love of her shining star, and given the gift of believing that heaven is never too far. They say it takes a minute to find a special person, an hour to appreciate them. A day to love them, but an entire life to forget them.